What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to the Nerdwide Podcast. This is episode 76. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Chris Rivers. Chris, how's your week been? Busy. Busy? Yeah. Uh, busy. Plus, Tyler, just so you know, if you're looking for the train station, it's that way. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that when we talk about Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, it's it's... First full week at the new job, so it was kind of, and I've I got hit with allergies, so yeah, it's it's felt, bad felt, for everybody. Felt cruddy all week. I'm yeah. still coughing, mm-hmm. so it's uh, water and you know, Mucinex works for you or Nyquil, best thing for it. Yeah, so it's, yeah, everybody's different, and yeah, my my wife had it last week. I come and go with mine, um, uh-huh. just because I try to stay outside and walk some and things like that, but. Like right now, I'm a, I sound congested, but I don't feel congested, so I don't know right. what's going on there. But it's it's good old Tennessee weather, yeah. and especially with these pop up storms, it's not helping anything at all. So. No. So how was your week? It's uh, it's been good. A lot of Peaky Blinders, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, Stranger Things. I'm trying to think anything else crazy happened this week. No, I got some good news about new podcast. We'll talk about as well that I I ecstatic to watch and listen to coming up in the mm-hmm. next couple of weeks but um, no it's just been a normal work week nothing nothing crazy nothing, nothing haven't been doing anything crazy exciting like i was talking to my wife like i haven't even played video games that much because there's not really there's not really anything right now that's, that's got its claws in me that i just have to play and put hours in just been reading some i got zachary levi's book uh we talked about that on last week's podcast yeah. And uh, came out that week. I hadn't started it yet because I'm still reading Reggie Philomay's from uh, Nintendo, the president uh-huh. of Nintendo of America's book. Still reading it, and then I'm doing the Zachary Levi one. But I just thought it was very funny. We got it, and I texted a picture of it, and I said, "Yeah, I blame you for this one." So yeah. <laughs> Other than that, nothing, nothing crazy this week. It's just been a, a normal work week. We got July Fourth coming up, so I hope everyone has a nice little holiday mm-hmm. break. And are you off tomorrow? For July Fourth, and and the next day, wow. yeah, we get Monday and Tuesday off. Look at so. you, this yeah. will be some fun. I just have Monday oh. off, so I'll be doing normal things. Hopefully, we can see some fireworks later tonight, maybe. But we'll see. We'll see if anyone's doing it in the neighborhood or not. So, quick housekeeping before we get to the meat and buns of the show. Don't forget to subscribe either our YouTube or podcasting what? service of your choice. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave us a thumbs up on YouTube. Give us a good rating for your podcasting app, whichever one you use. If you don't enjoy what you see or hear, make sure you leave a comment list on how we can improve the show. If you want to do more, you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwine. Three different tiers for three different monetary values and a lot of different goodies in each different tier as you go up those, um, those tiers. So if you want to do that, it's much appreciated. Uh, TV. Let's get into it. I hinted a little bit. I've been watching Peaky Blinders. I'm trying to get caught up on it and finish it out. I am in season three. Almost done with season three. And it's, it's, it's easy because they're only six episodes long. But the sixth mm-hmm. season just came out, which was the, uh, the final one. So I'm trying to get back up to it. And I'm trying to get back all that knowledge. Because it's been what, three or four years since I've seen the last season. So Right. And then we watched Stranger Things, the last part of Volume 4. I was telling you before we were recording, it's, I, I enjoyed it. But there was a whole, I'm not as high as everyone else is on it. Like, I feel like there was a lot of fluff that they could have cut out, and it would have yeah. been a lot better. I mean, the volume, the 
volume two of season four was only two episodes. The first one was an hour and a half, and the second one was two and a half hours. So I'm like, they could have cut a lot of fluff out and left all that in volume one, and I'd have been fine. But I mean, now we've got to wait two years for season five, and these kids are only going to get older. And I imagine they're going to start filming next year. So I'm like, what do we do here? But yeah. We will see. That's you know, rough. We will see. <laughs> so. Yeah. What about you? Watch anything? I, uh, I finally finished this season of The Rookie, mm. which uh, stars Nathan Fillion. Also, Jenna Dewan is oh. in that as his girlfriend, Bailey. Of course, she's also on Superman and Lois as Lucy. Mm-hmm. Good to know she's going to have a fallback option when the show craters because right. of bad decisions. But uh, uh, we're getting hey. there. I've got articles to read. Uh, let's let's run right into that superman and lois season two episode 15 which was season two finale titled waiting for superman now quick overview before we get into that um we finally got our answer of why no one in the Arrowverse is helping superman and or lois uh we'll talk about that after the episode because i've got a whole article to read that kind of debunks and says why it's nonsense but like i was telling you before we recorded the first 15 minutes and a lot of the show to me a lot of the episode to me felt off like it did not feel like it was their best and it's the finale and it should feel like the best and like there's a lot of i don't know plot holes i would say but a lot of things that i did not agree with but like the first 15 minutes, like I felt like the acting was off. I felt like the CGI was not well done. And we've talked about before when we had the episode of the Bizarro World. I don't like mm-hmm. the red film. I don't like the red film, the tent, whatever you want to call yeah. it. I am not a fan of that. And then they had that this whole episode and then also the flashes. And like if things like from the other worlds switching and going like that. But they did it all the time. I just couldn't. Like I was... I was like, I can't watch this. This is it hurts my eyes, and I'm not even like epileptic or anything like that. And I was like, this, right. I, I did not like it. But it was, um, I don't know. Like, I'm going to, I think I'm going to have to watch this when it comes to when I get on DVD or Blu-ray with a digital and watch through it all together without any of these breaks, kind of like how I did this first season, and maybe that will help it. But I don't right now because I watched this. Friday night, this episode, and yeah. this is Sunday as we're recording, and I was just like, mm. I still don't feel that high on it. Like if I had to give it out of our letterbox scores, I mean scores, I'd give it like a two and a half, a three maybe for this finale, and I don't, I don't like feeling that way. So hopefully, I could go back and rewatch it all when it comes mm-hmm. to HBO Max or something like that. But as of right now, I'm not high on this episode, mm-hmm. and especially because of the discovery. They talked about with the Arrowverse, so yeah, which yeah. we're definitely uh, they, talking about talking about. They definitely could have toned back the red tint mm. a little bit, um, because you know when when you have a regular what we refer to as a regular or yellow sun, mm-hmm. it's not tinted yellow. No, we don't live like we don't do how they do when you go to Mexico or something on TV. Like they put that yellow yeah. film on and makes it old. It's I don't know old looking, but yeah, they. They could have done something different there for sure. Yeah. It is distracting after so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to comicbookresources.com by Sam Stone for this quick recap. 
Fate of the Two Worlds hangs in a balance during the Superman and Lois Season 2 finale as the villainous Allie Alston continues to merge the inverted world and the Prime Earth and is poised to subjugate them both. Still recovering from his previous confrontation with Allie, Superman makes some drastic choices to save the day. Unfortunately, the Man of Tomorrow is not alone. And by the end of the episode, the Kent family has a new status quo that provides interesting new directions for Superman and Lois to go into its upcoming third season, I, to say the least. Um, as the Kent and Irons family contemplate their next moves in the Steel's... In the face of Steel's continued absence, Tal Ro approaches him to join forces against the mutual threat. We knew this was coming. Like, when he disappeared, I was like, he's going to come back for the finale, save the day. Um, I thought he was going to die. Uh, he did not. Gladly. No. I really liked Tal Ro. But, again, I've got a lot of bones to pick when we get towards the end of the episode for him. Mm-hmm. Um this conversation is tabled by Lois being transported to the inverted world where she reunites with her father, Sam Lane, deciding to find someone who can help them against Allie on, his, on this side. Tal attempts to stop Allie from merging their worlds on his own, but she easily defeats him and begins draining his powers, accelerating the merge before Tal is barely saved by Jordan Kent. This is one thing I, too, had an issue with because Superman is was drained of all his powers, and I feel like she didn't... Um, I'm going to try to say this. She drained him the same amount as Superman. And he still had his powers and was able to fly and do everything else. So, Jamie was like, she goes, I don't think it was that long. I'm like, eh. I mean, she's sitting there between these worlds. She's got both hands draining Tal's powers. And I'm like, he shouldn't have his powers anymore. But Yeah. It's I, a, it's I a small gripe for me. <laughs> I see, I, no, I, I see what you're saying. Because in the aftermath of that, he's still can do everything that he could do before it's like it just weakened yeah. him for a, a yeah. little bit and uh it it's a, it's a little inconsistent i think the only thing you can maybe argue is um in the lead up to superman having that happen with her he had been on the bizarro world for a mm. while so maybe he was already it. a little bit weak yeah but still yeah. it's it's there's there's a lot of like the small little nitpicks like that this episode, and yeah. I'll I'll bring them up and everything just personally. Um, Natalie Irons modifies her steel armor to endure traveling into the portal between worlds and rescues her father, finding him adrift but still very much alive. The two steels decide to redirect their power towards destroying the portal and hinder Alex's progress at the probable cost of their own lives. Meanwhile, Superman convinces Tao to take him to the sun in a desperate bid to restore his powers, with Tao flinging him directly into the sun at Cal El's request. Um, which we they hinted at a couple episodes ago. Oh, them doing so. The first part of this, though, with um, with steel being up there. Mm-hmm. Imagine that you're floating in space and you don't know that you're gonna get saved. And right, there have been instances. I I don't know if it's ever happened with an American. I think it happened as part of the Russian program where someone got they were somehow cut loose and they drifted out into space and mm. were never seen again. Yeah. And you just imagine you're out there in that void and eventually the oxygen runs out. Yeah. It's you just, know, it's no but sound. In, no, but until that you're just looking at everything, knowing you're going to die. Right. Can't stop That'd yourself be, from moving one direction or anything. Right. Mm-hmm. It'd be kind of creepy. That scene of them, of all the steals, this episode was very CGI and did not look good to me. And right. from what I'm trying to understand, like they were, it was all post-production, this COVID stuff for CGI things. 
and I don't feel like they did hardly any work on. There was a very cool scene we're coming up on with Superman that you could tell they spent a lot of time on, mm-hmm. but I kind of wish they would have done something a little bit more. Like it just, I don't know if it feels very early two thousands y CGI. Right. This episode did. Um, Superman's let me see. Sam and Kyle Cushing are transported back to the Prime World and reunited with their respective families. With Sam pointing out that he's caught glimpses of other universes and is confident in Superman saving the day. I'm going to stop it here because this is where we get our Arrowverse confirmation that somehow we're in a different world, which uh, I don't know if this is the time I want to bring it up. Um, yeah, basically, he says he's been to. It's, it's when he's talking to the boys, right? To yeah, Jordan he says, and Jonathan. He says, you don't know what we've seen at the DOD. He said, I've seen other universes, some with their own legion of superheroes. Right. And he says, and we've only got Superman here. He's our only hero. Yeah. So, like, so we can only believe in him. And this was our first, I mean, this is the season two finale. But this is kind of like our first confirmation of there not being a part of the Arrowverse, even though we're using the same actors, actresses, and right. storylines still kind of merge over. I'll, what do I talk about? I'm going to... Oh, crap. I just clicked off of that. Let me go... Uh, I'm going to tell, so, TalltaleTV.com. Let, while, while you're pulling that up, let, let me ask this question. Do you think this is as big a deal to viewers, ourselves included, if we had not already witnessed the Crisis on Infinite Earth storylines. Yes. Like, it, I, I get they're trying to stand on their own, but here's the thing, too. We've got Diggle that right. mentions everything that we already know about. And this is why, so TalltaleTV.com, they're the ones that come out, and this is by uh, Shelby Elpers. They points out all the inconsistencies that they're, that they're trying to prove here. Uh, as the pressure builds while the world emerges, the superhero show finally reveals its place outside the Arrowverse after two seasons of questions and hints otherwise. Uh, doppelgangers like Lucy Lane, who are previously easily explained as a side effect of crisis, like Clark and Lois's teenage sons, now have a new meaning. They're entirely different versions of those characters. Th- this reveal partly retcons the show's previous, albeit loose, references to the Arrowverse, Arrowverse specifically Crisis, and especially with John Diggle, who appeared on episode, Season 1, Episode 12, Through the Valleys of Death. On that episode, John Diggle told Sam Lane that he fought beside Superman and Oliver, and the rest of them would have saved Superman as the best that they have. Superman and Lois doesn't explicitly name Crisis or the he- other heroes as references, however. Considering the show's timing after the epic crossover event and David Ramsey's guest appearance, it was easy to put the pieces together until now. Like, I mean, <laughs> I don't... And to mention, not to mention that Tyler Hecklin portrays Superman on multiple episodes of Supergirl. Yeah, and Crisis. The same thing with Lois Lane. Crisis. She was a part of all of it, too. The same uh, Bitsy Tolik was. So I'm just like... It makes no sense to me. And this is one of the things that we talked about this this week before either one of us have seen the episode. Of A lot of people are writing this show off for this decision well it's it it goes back to what we've discussed and again not to beat a dead horse but what we've discussed with dc for so long they'll go down a path and then they change course Mm -hmm. mid path and after you've it's it's bad enough with films but when you've invested yourself in two seasons of a tv show 
uh, what, 30 total episodes-ish. Now you're being told everything you believed you were buying into Mm -hmm. is no more. We're not doing that. Yeah, we're completely ignoring it. I'm here's what I think happens. I think that the fan backlash to whatever degree it reaches is enough that probably combined with lower ratings next year Mm -hmm. that they have to reverse course and then they start hot shotting some cameos of people from the Arrowverse into the show. It depends if like the flash comes back. I mean, all we got right now is technically Stargirl, Flash, and Superman and Lois. They're the only ones that are coming back for more seasons. So Yeah, but they could always bring like they could have Katie Lotts make an appearance. I wish. They they could have Melissa Benoist make an appearance. Right. Uh even if they don't go that route, they could have McCod Brooks mm-hmm. uh as Jimmy show up. You know, they, they could do stuff As like his best that. friend. And, right. Ugh. Like, it just, it's, the whole crisis thing was so stuff like this would never happen in the future. Of multiple mm-hmm. Earths and things like that. And the fact that they're retconning it, and what makes me so mad is, is the whole Diggle point. He mentions uh, Green Arrow, Oliver, uh, and Superman and Lois fighting with all of them. And mm-hmm. now we're supposed to believe that that never happened? Or what? And then they even future spoilers for this episode go in to put Diggle again at the end of this episode, working for Argus. No yeah. mention of the ring, no mention of anything. And because yeah. I mean, the last episode that he was in season one was he talked about the ring. He had to go to Gotham to figure out more about the ring, and mm-hmm. alluded to the Green Lantern. And I guess they have just scrapped that project and said we're not doing that anymore. Which, and that's fine if they don't want to do that, right? But don't retcon everything to the point that your show has now lost the credibility that it mm-hmm. had. And if there's no connection to anything else, why am I here? Why yeah. am I watching? It's so. Uh, like back, going back to the episode, Superman's solar gambit not only distorts his power, but noticeably supercharges them, allowing him to swiftly save the steels and stop the merger. When Allie confronts him and attempts to drain him again, she finds Superman's power boots to be overwhelming and separated back into two individual beings before being taken back into custody. That was such a great God. scene. When she's draining him and then he takes her hand and puts it directly yeah, on says, his Here's chest. Some more. Says, Take some more. <laughs> right. Oh. Did he he looked like the Injustice character. I don't know if anyone's ever uh, played it, but like this has the just the noticeable blue and red suit. But like he's got mm-hmm. these yellow sparks and lines and energy flowing across him. But my big problem is, Chris, if this supercharges him, I mean, who's who's going to be able to beat him? If he ever needs to, if he's ever not strong enough, why can't he just fly back into the sun and come back down? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's oh, I'm sure they'll try and explain that, or they might just forget about it and not even care about it anymore. That's always the question for Superman with the way that he was, he was written for years is, how can you be beaten? Right. And I mean, they famously they killed him off once, and that didn't even stick. Yeah. So they came back. Yeah, it lasted I think a year. Right. In in real world, so. Did it? I don't know. But when he, he so he, he does all that, and it comes down to Earth as like they're about to be completely like completely merged, and he just ground pounds the ground, flies straight into it. 
and the world mm-hmm. separated. That was such a cool scene, and I'm really glad that they did it. Still didn't pay off like the, the episode for me, but that was very, very, very well done. And Tyler Hecklin's acting during the the sun scene where he's absorbing it and burning up, and you know he's going through all the past little clips and things of his life. Very well done. And then him punching the ground was was really cool. Um, that's to me. That's kind of the tragedy is not the right word that's too serious a word but you've got this great cast Mm -hmm. and you've got a fan base wanting to embrace this show and then they're going to make decisions like they just made yeah and it's just gonna i'm not going to be surprised if the ratings never reach where they were this year again Mm -hmm. well i mean it's the breaks don't help it i mean unfortunately they don't They don't. They're going to have to figure something out with all that. Uh, so we still have more to this episode. In a public ceremony in Smallville, Lana Lane congratulates Superman on saving the world once again and commemorates the date as a holiday known as Miracle Monday. While incognito as Clark Kent, he and Lana reconcile while Lois admits to Cressy Beppo that her husband is Superman. Again, I don't like Cressy Beppo, but this might have been her favorite, my favorite performance of her in the, in the whole two seasons when she mm-hmm. was standing on the sidewalk looking at him. He was like, she's been staring at me weird all day, <laughs> all night. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, we're going to have to work on that. And I just thought it was uh, the way she like cut her eyes real quick and everything and put our, all of it together. Mm-hmm. Like, finally, we don't have, you know, we're revealing things. But now you don't have anybody to reveal anything to the next season, which is fine. Well, so. Kyle still doesn't know. Oh, yeah, Kyle. See, he needs to know. And he's going to be betrayed. He's going he's to be a villain at some point. I can see it just because of this path that we're going down. Um. Let's see. Jordan and Sarah Cortez have their own heart-to-heart now that Sarah knows about Jordan's powers, and the two decide to rekindle the relationship now that both have matured, while Lana and Kyle face their own relationship crossroads. Hated it. Hated it. Like, the whole first half of the episode, her and her family were dying to find Kyle, looking everywhere for Kyle. But now he asked for a dance. And not like, hey, let's get remarried or anything. Hey, do you want to dance? And she blows up on him. She's like, I don't know if we'll ever get to the point of all this ever again. And then he just goes, well, how about a last dance? I was like, okay. All right, bud. So I liked it. Oh, Chris. I liked it. I liked it. Because what I liked about it was that, yeah, it, it drove home the point that, you know, she's always going to. She doesn't want anything bad to happen to him. She's always going to care about him. Mm. But she's not just going to. So many shows at the end of an episode like this, wrapping up a season, would have had them just get back together and okay, all's forgiven. Right. And they didn't go down that road. They said, she says, I don't know that I'll ever be able to trust you again. Mm. And so he kind of gets that, that push off where he'll still be there. And it could also be a budget thing. This way that he doesn't have to be in every episode. They can have him pop up doing stuff with the girls trim the fat a little bit there but i don't know i i'm i'm like you though i think he he gets turned at some point someone plays upon his desire to get his family back together mm-hmm. he gets turned and then like you know she'll never want she'll never love you again because her first love clark is now also superman and puts that little right. put that little bug in his head uh-huh. i can see it somehow someone's and, and mind control and his daughter's in love with Jordan, mm-hmm. Superman's son. Mm-hmm. So, yep. So y'all just be one happy family together. You don't even need me. And maybe it's Allie that comes back. Oh, 
They, they, left, the, they left that door open. They don't did. don't like her. I, I think she was a very poor villain. Anyways. Is it just me, or even with the, the lights draining her powers, would you not put her in separate cells? Right. Why would you put them together? Uh, especially where they can hold hands like they did. That doesn't make must any sense been, to me at all. Must have been budget concerns. Yeah. And... Then at the end of the episode, Tal gives Jordan and Jonathan Kent their own pickup trucks before deciding to resettle on the inverted world for a chance at a fresh start. Do you think we see him come back? Or do you think he's done? Yeah. No, I, I think he comes back. Yeah. I hope so. I really enjoyed like his... He had a little cheesy line in there this episode where he says... Um, he, goes, oh, I'll, he goes, I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it because I love your family or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, a little cheesy, but I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Maybe a mid-season cliffhanger where he just shows up out of the blue and says, I I know of an impending danger or something like that. I mean, we're still, yeah. this is, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say uh, crisis is not a thing. So there's multiple worlds. He can live in the bizarro world. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. Um Back at Smallville, John Henry Irons is approached by John Diggle, who inquires about why Bruno Mannheim killed the John Henry of this world and why he is here. But after the Kent family takes a moment to appreciate surviving the heroin experience they just endured, Superman constructs a new fortress in the middle of the ocean, offering his whole family a place where they could get away and recollect themselves closer and stronger together. The John Diggle thing, sure, that's how we're going to keep the plot line for John Henry Irons. Uh, whether Diggle's in it a lot more next season or if he's just a uh, you know, couple episodes of thing. Uh, the new fortress is cool. I don't understand how Lois and jo uh, Jonathan are going to get there, though. Jonathan's question, right? He yeah. said, what about, what, what about those of us that can't fly or something like right. that? And it's... I was like, eh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It it did kind of bring up a, an interesting point though, and I know they've touched on it at times, um, but especially now that they've made the decision they've made for Superman to be that Earth's only hero, right? There there is no family vacation because no. there's always somebody that could use his help. Mm -hmm. He's the only hero, and and that's what he's going to have to teach Jordan is you can't be everywhere. Yeah. Well, now we've got you know. the Irons family, too, though, so they can yeah. help, I guess. But, I mean, no one is supercharged Superman at this point. Right. So, But that concludes our Superman and Lois recap for this season. Of course, they will be back about the same time next year for season three. I'm hoping no more um, gaps, and hopefully we'll get a little bit of a tight I want a better villain. Tal Rowe last season yeah. I feel like was a good villain. Like, that yeah. was a very different way of storytelling. This Bizarro stuff, it was it was high with, with Bizarro Superman. And then I felt like it kept going down with Alan Alston. I just didn't, it wasn't very believable you, for me. Don't you think, especially in case it is the last season, that they have to go Lex? They, they have to, especially since we're not doing John Cryer as Lex Luthor, I'm assuming. Right. So... I, w I would hope so. I mean, why not? I'd be okay with it. Or or Zod. Yeah. Oh, that'd be a good one too. He's kind of still do the same storyline with Tauro. I don't know if they could do the budget, or with with the budget, if they could do a proper Doomsday or yeah, 
or uh, Dark Side. We thought we had Doomsday this season, or Dark mm-hmm. Side. We thought we had one of those two, but Bizarro. All right, Miss Marvel episode four, titled "Seeing Red," I'm going to denofgeek.com, and this is by Kirsten Howard. And seeing Greg, uh, Kamala and her mother travel to Karachi to visit with her elderly nanny. So Bruno, Naki, and the rest of the cons sit this one out. Muniba has a strained relationship with her mother because of her fantastical theories swamped Muniba's childhood experiences and made her feel isolated. But it's clear that they still have a strong connection and can be close to patching things up. Especially some of those theories turn out to be true in the very near future. At this point in her mm-hmm. life, Nani seems to have ceased trying to explain them, hinting to Kamala that less of that stuff is important compared to the real outcomes of the Bengals' powers, and they have, and that they can probably figure it out together by saying, if you have lived like I have, lost what I have, you learn to find beauty in the broken pieces. Um, let's see. After some family visits and tourist activities with her cousins, Kamala makes her way to the train station in Karachi to do some investigating, where she wears her new mask for the first time. Looked great, by the way. I, I really yeah. enjoyed that. Um, thrilling enough, we're, uh, but we'll have to wait until at least next week before we finally see her fully costumed up. There's also a nice little Avengers connection at the station where a mural celebrates the moxie of Ant-Man. Scott Lang really is going to be the glue holding Phase 4 together, huh? Uh, there's no time to think too hard because Kamala is soon ambushed by Kareem, uh, a.k.a. Red Dagger. He has since Kamala's Nor power and has assumed she's a cl- clandestine. We then get a little mistaken identity ballad between them that feels a little flirty and that continues as they trade barbs later on. Which I thought this scene was really cool. Um, the little blades—I don't know what you call those weapons—but the little throwing knives that came out, and their little <laughs> fight scene was very, um, very small, but very—I thought it was well orchestrated because, like, he would hit her little constructs, and that she'd fall through them. Then she'd make a little construct where she fell only a little bit, and he yeah. kept falling. I thought that was kind of cool how they did that. Uh, a vibrant scene with the red daggers then fills us in on a little bit of clandestine nonsense. Since Kamala is still stuck on the hard to swallow thought that she might in some way be a classic djinn from various uh, tall tales, Red Dagger leader Walid is here to knock that away by saying that if Thor landing in the Himalayas, he would have also been labeled a djinn too. Things that get a little bit more negative zony as Walid explains how our dimension and the dimension that the clandestine come from are layered on top of each other. Again, this is another multiverse situation and it's hard not to say the parallel is in it. Um, let's see if the clandestines succeed in pulling down the Nor veil that separates them we're all screwed the stakes are now pretty high for Kamala who must learn Aisha's secret and how to properly control the Nor energy we learn that because she's part human they may also give her an advantage we've also seen that Kamala may be able to travel to the other dimensions using her power and I'm aware if that will be where Miss Marvel's final battle takes place Meanwhile, the clandestine easily escapes from the DODC's Supermax jail, which is our first time seeing or even hearing about this, right? That was very, um, that was new. So, yeah, we'll see who else is there. I don't know, I don't know who would be. But the way they had them transported was cool at first. Then I was like, that didn't make any sense. Why would you do them all one by one and not in some secret little sewer? But I digress. Um, this all leads to an extensive chasing. We've seen a lot of chases in the MCU, but at least this one feels a little fresh thanks to its backdrop. At no point did I feel Kamala was actually in danger, though. The show's peril is largely neutered with the knowledge that Kamala will go on for a feature in next year's The Marvels. While Lee is the one who bites it instead while trying to save Kamala and Kareem. R.I.P. Wally, we hardly knew ye. We literally hardly... Okay, alright. A little fluff there. When Kamala and Najma tussle, the bangle gets a blade stuck in it, and Kamala is transported to a partition. We can now hopefully find out what happened to Aisha. My guess is that when she betrayed Najma and used the bangle to help her human family escape instead of her clandestine one, Aisha either got straight up murdered by Najma 
or um, got stuck between dimensions. Miss Marvel will surely reveal this backstory next week and slide into effect Kamala deeply. Good episode. I really enjoyed the whole little. Uh, there's a, a family in Pakistan that, like a group, the Red Daggers, that are protecting the world over there and from the Noor. I thought that was kind of cool. The little whole little uh, secret hideout was really well done where he messes with the grill and the wall opens up as a door. I love little secret um, doors like that. I want one in my house somewhere, but I thought that was very cool. Fight scenes were great. Um, while Lee dying was a little too soon, I feel like they could have waited a little bit till next episode to kill him off. And it would have been a little bit more personable. But um, curious to see where we go from here. I really, really, really enjoyed the family parts of this episode. And that's all Miss Marvel pretty much is. is a family show showing the dynamics of it all. And I feel like we got a lot of good um, dialogue between the mom and grandmother. And even the mom and uh, Kamala. So, Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> the little bit of humor. You have the guy taking Polaroids of people in the yes. marketplace. And then she asks him for directions to the train station. And he starts going, you go down here and you go left. And he sticks his right arm out. Right. Like you go left. And then you take another left. And then you take another le- And then a right. And right. then you veer left. And then you go down just a little another- bit. <laughs> she, yeah. She's just like, uh. Yeah. And she, um, she finds it, though. So whether his directions she, or not, I don't know. She finds it definitely. Um, it was a really fun. Uh, these episodes, they move at such a good pace. Yes. That I think we're about halfway through and the credits start rolling. Mm-hmm. And I'm disappointed every time. Yep. It's. And she. I don't think she has any previous acting experience. I think when I looked her up, I didn't see anything. Or very little. Uh, but her face is very expressive Mm -hmm. so some of the expressions that she gives in reaction to other characters lines or actions are really great because this is it this is all her acting experience yeah it, it really it brings it to life a little bit more with those reactions that she's able to Mm -hmm. to give um She's got a strong cast around her, which is really good for it to be her first thing. Yeah. Um, I did miss the dad in this. Yes. And the brother. I missed the brother. Yeah. Yeah. More more so the dad for me, but yeah. Um, and Bruno, of course. Mm-hmm. Or Spider-Man. But, or what could have been Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. If he'd gotten Spider-Man, would Tom Holland be in this role? See? Makes you think. But I can't imagine anybody <laughs> other than Spider-Man being our or Tom Holland being our MCU Spider-Man, personally. I did expect, just because of the way that they had it, like the tone at one point um, when she was coming back to the house. I think it's when she finds her grandmother on the balcony. I expected she was going to find her dead. Mm. Like... I, I thought they were going to do the thing where she comes back, her grandmother has kind of achieved what she needed to achieve, which was to get her back right? so that she could l- learn the next steps, and then she passes away. I'm glad they didn't do that. That yeah. would have been kind of depressing. Well, but see, it, now we're a... back in the past, though, and we're going to find out what happened with her. The Trail of Stars, I think is what it was called. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to see how they play this because I'm really excited because not a lot of Americans or any, not a whole lot of people know about the partition. And the only reason I know about is from Doctor Who, which is funny because yeah. I watched that two weeks ago and it's the only reason I know about yeah. it. So we're about to get us a good history lesson. I'm excited about it. Right. I am curious. I am curious of one thing, though, and I don't know. I haven't looked at the viewership numbers mm. for this. But this is two series in a row now where we're over in other lands. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's going to have an impact on casual viewers that are just that's true. dropping in. That's a good question. I know this is one of the lowest viewed MCU shows. So. Do you think that's because there's not a star attached? I can see that. I mean, Moon Knight was the same. We had movie. Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Good point. And, and Ethan Hawke. Yeah. So that's a very good point. So I'm sure there's like a whole lot that affects into it. And like, I mean, like I said last week or two weeks ago, my cousin's like, I just don't have any interest in seeing it. They said, just let us know if it ties in. I said, we'll tie into Captain Marvel, but I mean, we still have what a year and a half until that one comes out. So probably, yeah. I'm like. So far, I don't really tie in besides AvengerCon, which is awesome. Yeah. I, I want one. All right. <laughs> now for the fun one. And I really, again, The Boys Season 3, Episode 7. Here comes a candle to light you to bed. It, we all know it's going to be a good episode when they start off with that disclaimer again. It's a, no animals, mm-hmm. humans, it's all in consent or CGI. And when they put that up there, that's okay. Something crazy is going to happen again. And sure enough, we're going to EW.com again by Alex Raymond for this recap. Last week's explosive episode ended with Starlight handing in her cape and exposing Vaughn Homelander's dirty secrets via Instagram Live. So naturally, this week's episode opens with a nauseating fake news broadcast from the Vaughn News Network in which Vaughn CEO Ashley attempts to smear Starlight's uh, reputation. That foster home Starlight found it to be for orphan children Ashley claims as a front for Starlight's child trafficking organization, painting a popular liberal blonde woman as a sex trafficker. Where have we seen this before? Speaking of Vought's war yep. against women, we finally learned that Maeve has been in the last few episodes trapped in a Vought prison cell. Homelander pays Maeve a visit in an attempt to obtain intel on Soldier Boy's whereabouts, but she doesn't crack. Maeve asks Homelander why he's keeping her alive and immediately regrets asking, as Homelander admits he plans on harvesting her eggs so he can produce children with her. Maeve is horrified, but she bites back by telling Homelander that this still isn't a, a this is still a top three day of her life, as of the first time she's ever seen him scared. Like so And I just That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, for that to be his, for that to be his reason, and there's no way they could have timed this out. Correct. Just after the Supreme Court overturns Roe. I mean, they filmed this have, two years ago, so. Yeah, you have a you have a character, a male character telling a female character basically, no matter what you do, I'm going to reproduce with you against mm-hmm. your will. I'm just here for you. You're just kept alive for your eggs to make my children. Yeah. Because how superpowered yeah. that would be, which is true. If Superman and Wonder Woman ever had a kid together, could you imagine how strong that kid would be? And yeah, I wonder. I wonder if this actually happens or if it gets kind of I stopped did, beforehand. I I did like her line though when she said that she will break off anything he puts in her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, like, "Oh, me? I just do drags." <laughs> so, dude, it was like she goes, uh, "I goes, is that concealer?" Do you have a bruise and Anthony Starr again? Just his emotions, like he he splays for a half a second, and then he remains uh-huh. composure. I'm like, dude, I, he's I am so fearful of him. 
Um, elsewhere in Soupland, Kimiko and Frenchie are still recovering from the near the experience with little Nina. Frenchie's coping with drugs, and Kimiko is coping by planning her next move, asking Starlight to get her some Compound V, the permanent stuff, so she can regain her powers. Starlight tries to talk Kimiko out of it, but Kimiko has made up her mind, so Starlight eventually agrees to help her out. We check in with Butcher and Healy, working on finding the next target on Soldier Boy's hit list, a psychic soup named Mindstorm. Butcher's having trouble locating him, but when Huey learned that Mindstorm is bipolar, he gets the idea to find him by tracking his prescription lithium, reminding us that Huey's most valuable asset isn't his V24 enabled teleporting skills, but his intelligence. Very well done. Uh, this is also mm -hmm. this part where we uh, see Homelander um, having relations with some elderly women, and we see some elderly body Soldier parts. Boy. Soldier Boy. Excuse me. Yeah. Having these issues, uh, these relations, and I just, I love Jensen Ackles. I just yeah. know this was these are hard scenes for him to record they have to be yeah. or they're just really fun because he's um, cover your ears kids but he's he's masturbating and then there's two old women yeah. and Huey, Huey and Butcher come in the room and it's oh great did you bring the lube he says the older they get the more I, lube you need I was like okay this like is I where we're going <laughs> it's like, I, can't, I can't go in dry right <laughs> And then they, both of the old women walk out as they're talking about this whole uh, the mind guy, mind storm. I was like, "Come on, man! This is this show is so great. Like, there, this show is it's top ten. I mean, there's there's no way it's not." Mm -hmm. um, let's see, Soldier Boy, Butcher, and Huey zero in on Mindstorm, but when they near his woodland compound, Butcher is caught by Mindstorm. He uses his powers to trap Butcher in a psychic prison where he's forced to relive his childhood trauma. But the stakes here aren't just emotional unless Mindstorm chooses to whip Butcher up or he'll die. Phenomenal. Like, I loved every single bit of how the whole Butcher Mindscape thing was was done. Because, like, yeah. they would do it and we get flashes of him and Huey. Or, and it was like, this was so yeah. good. And, like, it was just not even just of him and Huey, but his whole life that we've seen these three seasons. And, like, we've got his dad in the future and his brother we finally found out what happened to his brother his brother killed himself because he couldn't deal with it since butcher left and, a, which, and of course it's foreshadowing a decision he has to make later yes and once again butcher follows his his past path mm-hmm it says it's, it's for so. the better good um a powerless witness to, to his memories, Butcher watches his father physically abuse his teenage self and puts himself in the line of fire to protect his little brother, Lenny. The truly heartbreaking part of this storyline is watching Butcher turn into his father, mimicking his dad's violent tendencies by attacking his high school principal and echoing his father's words by telling his brother, you can't be a puff all your life. We watch a young Butcher run away from home, leaving Lenny alone with his abusive dad, and when Lenny can't take the beatings anymore, Butcher watches Lenny find his father's gun and take his own life. There's a... Oh, excuse me. There's a clear lesson Butcher should be taking from this. He abandoned Liddy, and he can't make the same mistake with Huey. But will Butcher learn his lesson, or will he perpetrate the cycle of trauma he's trapped in? Butcher isn't the only one reliving his past in this episode. We find Black Noir hiding out in an abandoned arcade, uh, might as well be Chuck E. Cheese, to avoid Soldier Boy's yeah. inevitable retribution. But Noir's not really alone here exactly. He's accompanied by a merry bunch of 2D animated characters that lead to life out of the arcade walls, a la... Who Framed Roger Rabbit or Space Jam for you millennial and Gen Z readers? By way of a bloody and bizarre stage play, Noir's animated buddies reenact his fraught history with Soldier Boy, reminding him and teaching the audience of the constant abuse he wrought on Noir and Team Payback, which ultimately led Noir to quit hiding and take Soldier Boy down. 
I loved this scene. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved these scenes with the animated characters, and I thought it was a very well uh, a cool way to show our history with Black Noir because they hinted at the past couple episodes that it was Black Noir's idea. Turns out it was Edgar's to get rid of him because they've already got a new we got a Homelander now, so we don't they got a new kid they don't need uh, this guy anymore. So very well done and. I would watch a show like that. Remind me of Invincible yeah. and how much I want that show back. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Huey and Soldier catch Mindstorm. Soldier Boy's ready to kill the soup until Huey teleports Mindstorm to the woods and convinces him to wake up Butcher in exchange for Huey, teleporting him to safety. Mindstorm holds up his end of the bargain, but before Huey can zap him away, Soldier Boy shows up and beats the ever-living shit out of Mindstorm. As Soldier Boy interrogates Mindstorm, hoping to ascertain why Vought betrayed him, he learns a crucial piece of information that's kept secret from the audience for the moment. And when Soldier Boy's got what he came for, he murders Mindstorm and just walks away. As entertaining as it is to watch the voice splatter blood, guts, and other liquids across our screens, this show is at its best when it's mirroring hard truths about what's happening in America today. That's why perhaps the most affecting part of this episode is watching Vought's fake news campaign rip apart Mother's Milk's family. When M.M. sees an Instagram post of his daughter, uh, Janine, and her stepfather, Todd, at a Homelander rally, he goes to their house to confront Todd. And as Todd, fully brainwashed by fake news, goes off on M.M. about the establishment media and Starlight's child trafficking operation, M.M. loses his patience and knocks Todd unconscious. It's satisfying to watch, but it's a bad move for M.M. as Janine witnesses the act of violence further widening the rift between them. Chef's kiss. Chef's it's, kiss. It's not... It's it's not as simple as as the recap there. Uh, Todd insults MM. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he basically says he tells Todd his daughter. He's he's like, if you want to go to that stuff, that's fine. You keep my kid away from it, you know. And then pulls he the makes, classic stepdad line. He he makes some comment about you're not. Uh, what you're not her father or like, something to that effect. you're not around much to be her father or something like that. it was something along those lines along those lines of well hurtful todd's todd's line is um she she needs one or something like that right. basically saying that mm's not around and so she's not his daughter todd's the father mm-hmm. i he had it coming yes i would he i, I wouldn't have cold. been mad. I wouldn't have been mad if he'd put his head under the wheel of the car right. and driven over it. I mean, like, you can't be saying that stuff. Yeah. What got me, MM's ex was not happy that he had taken her down there either. Right. He said, you should have told me about that. He said, it was yeah. no big deal. It's Homelander. He's going to protect us or something like that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. God. If this, yeah. like, they, it's, it's so many parallels between 2020. And the only thing missing was his little red hat. Yes, that's exactly uh, all we were missing. And I was really surprised they did not put anything in the show like that of some yeah. sort. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, God. But it, and I, I don't think the you, – you have to watch the episode to see how unhinged Homelander truly is at that rally. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just – he's grasping at yes. that point. And he's just going for anything he can go for. And he, even the crowd's not buying it. Mm-mm. You know, they're all looking at him like, what is he talking about? And his and eyes are be... red that when he thinks he sees uh, uh, Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy out in the crowd. That was like, ooh. 
He is so unsettling. But these people but even, will still uh, follow him. It's a cult. Even, yeah, even what's his name off to the, the guy that's running for president? Uh, Bobby. He, yeah, he, he looks at him and says, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> you know? And, yeah, this, we've got one episode left. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how they're going to do it. I've got theories. But I'm curious. I'm yeah, curious. So I, I, we still have two more seasons of this. And yeah. um, I've got a new story coming up after this, after we get done with the recap. But I mean, they start filming soon. And all the cast and crew are down in Brazil right now. And I don't know if it's for press or if it's for filming purposes. But they all just landed in Brazil this morning. So don't know what they're doing. You never know. Um, back with Starlight, we follow her into the belly of the beast, sneaking into the Vought lab and stealing compound V for Chemico. While in the lab, she reads a shocking report about V24, learning that it kills the user between only three and five doses. Okay, we're going to put a stop here. Butcher's over that limit capacity at this point. I think I think his most recent time was number five. Um, Huey's at three, I think. Because we had... The problem is we don't know how long they last. Right. For sure. But yeah, I think Butcher would be around four or five. Huey's two or three. He's at three for sure because we had the Russian base, Herogasm, and then this episode. So that's three for sure that I know off the top of my head. Butcher, on the other hand, he's got to be at four, I think. Three or four. Ugh. But. um, And. we know they're having the side effects because there's a scene in this when Huey looks at Butcher and Butcher's like, what? He says, your brain's leaking again. Yeah, he's got the little <laughs> black icker coming out yeah. of his ear. Yep. Further alluding to this. Um, yeah. Who, we're in the 21st century, who leaves written notes on a manila paper anymore and not in a computer system somewhere? <laughs> it's, it's Vaunt, but still. Anyways. <laughs> I was like, yeah. eh, you know, but well, what do I know about scientists? Um, on her way out, she runs into Homelander, who tries pressuring her into recanting her story. But Starlight isn't scared of Homelander anymore, calling him out for killing Supersonic and generally being a complete scumbag. Homelander openly admits to his crimes, which turns out to be a big mistake because Starlight's broadcasting this on Instagram Live. Oh, the power of social media! She got him. She got him so good. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, she goes, you know. I might be real popular, but said it to my 1.70 million followers as she walks into the thing. And he goes, oh, we should be working lines. We know no filming. We're working on lines together. Starlight. And just the doors closed. It's so good, man. Um, yeah. Starlight leaves Vi and calls Huey to tell him about the dangers of V24, but he doesn't answer. So she relays the info to Butcher, making him promise to tell Huey. It's Butcher's chance to break the cycle and do for Huey what he failed to do for his brother, but when Butcher sees Huey, he doesn't tell him the truth. He takes him on a ride to score some more V24. The final moments of this episode deliver a hell of a twist as we finally learn what Mindstorm told Soldier Boy back in the forest. Vought betrayed him because they didn't need him anymore. They found someone better, a soup named Homelander, who was created from Soldier Boy's sperm. That's right, Soldier Boy is Homelander's daddy. Did not, did not see this twist coming whatsoever. And, like, I just don't... I don't know where they go from here. Like I am, my parents have finally caught up on the show and both of them agreed that Herogasm was probably the best episode in all three seasons. 
just because it had everything story-wise and uh, things like that. I'm trying to see, though they don't even mention it during this uh, story, but A-Train is still alive, which we, you know, we were talking about last week. Is he really dead or not? But the way that they were putting this character, I'm very curious to see where he goes because he has the heart of Blue Hawk now, and that's keeping him alive so he can run fast again. And Jamie and I were like, uh, dude, how would you feel if you wake yeah. up from dying or whatever and your your enemy and your race's enemy, so to speak, is their heart is beating in your chest now? Like, how would you feel about that? And I was like, I, I honestly don't know. I don't know how that would make me feel. But my thing with A-Train now is, is was his the way that he talked to Huey last episode about his really big apology and everything like that, understanding what he's been putting through, put through put people through, is that still going to transfer over from in the future? Or is he going to continue to be A-Train that we know? The Duke's canoe A-Train. Yeah. I don't know. So It's it's definitely weird. Like, you could see it play across his face, too, when he found out. A, like, like, these actors are so he, good. He was, he was conflicted about having that person's heart mm-hmm. in his body. The, I also though the the scene with the deep. Oh no, I, I was gonna talk about that here in a minute. Uh, they did okay. the, the EW does a stray observations. The first one is the boys most cringe storyline makes a reappearance in this episode as the deep tries to bring an octopus in bed with his wife. This is a very relatable storyline as I'm sure we all know what it looks like to have a significant other who's addicted to sex with cephalopods. <laughs> very I'm glad we had this scene though, because he said, you know, I don't really need you. You know, you, you put me up. I'm doing all the hard work and everything. She said, you just fed me some lines early on, and she's very upset about it. But she it looks like she was kind of down for it, uh, for a little bit there. Yeah, she she gave it a go, and uh, <laughs> then she went. So, I, but th- this is going to be the thing. Vought is going to insist that he get her back because she really, without her, he's going to fall on his face. Yeah. It's, there's no doubt about it. Um, <laughs> the imagery there. Yes. When they pan out and you see what's happening, it's just like, oh, mm-hmm. really? She but thinks I, she's hot I, too. <laughs> okay. It's like, oh, good for her. Right. Um, <laughs> It's like no, I'm good. I, 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 I'll, I'll just be celibate. Um, I don't. I think I know where, where this thing. Because I think Homelander's going to put the pieces together. Mm-hmm. He, he's going to say, well, as soon as I came of age, and they could use me, they were gonna, they were ready to kill Soldier Boy. And he has a son. Yeah. Who's coming of age and has the same powers. Mm-hmm. So, with Homelander making all these missteps and losing his mind. How long before Vought just decides, you know what, you're not worth it anymore? Right. And what got me? uh, What's his name? Is is when he grabs, uh, what's her name? Maeve. No, Head Popper. Oh, oh, Newman. Newman. When he grabs Newman by the throat, I'm thinking, dude, with her mind. (laughs) He does. I don't think he knows that she's Head Popper though. No, he does. Remember, he found out. That's how. That's why she flipped on uh, Edgar. But the restraint on her to not. I would have done just then. Be done with the whole storyline. Yeah. No, we're done. <laughs> yeah. Or blew some fingers well, off that... or something. 
The thing is, she can do that as long as she's in range of him, and he would not know it's coming. Right. Well, as long as she's got eye contact, or she can see him. That's it. Yeah. Um, they also had the legend Paul Reiser is back this week with more revoltingly iconic lines. You know, this character is based on Stan Lee. And so every yeah. time I see him on screen, it's all I can think about. It's just so funny. Um, he also said, Soldier Boy did a singing what pantyhose did to finger effing. Please keep him coming, Paul. <laughs> and it seems like there's a whole lot of permit V left in that vial after Kimiko shot herself up. I wonder who might end up using it. Yeah, it it makes you wonder, right? Will Frenchie use it? Mm-hmm. Uh, we see someone I else getting it. I, I don't think he will. I think Huey. Maybe that may be that may be how Huey's life gets saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, is to get the permanent compound V, and then his body heals. Mm-hmm. Um, then what does that do to Butcher? Right. You know, or does Huey feel guilty at that point, and he goes and gets some for Butcher? Because Butcher's always justified this with it's temporary. Right. I'm just using it to get this done. And we're just doing and this then... to kill Homelander, and we're done. Yeah, but so. I thought this was a. They also didn't mention either. We got confirmation of things that like I keep forgetting. Like at Herogasm, the people that did not die from Soldier Boy's blast lost all their powers. As Homelander yeah. mentions it, he says, "You know, we lost so many powers during the explosion, or we lost so many soups." I was like, "Oh, that's right. He does have that power." And then he, um, what else? So I think the finality is because Homelander. Well, Soldier Boy tells Homelander, he goes, "I would have." given you the mantle because I would have easily handed it over to my son if I would have known. And that's how kind of how the episode ends. So I wonder if they're going to team up Homelander and soldier boy, like a father son duo. And I just, because Vought has screwed with them so much and I don't know. I mean, that's, that's one route I can see them taking. And I think it'd be an interesting route to take. All I know is I hope soldier boy is not just a one and done season. Like how we have a Stormfront. Thing, right because you have soldier boy wants to get back at Vought because mm-hmm. they're the ones that tried to kill him homelander's all of he doesn't know how to survive without Vought. right so that kind of puts him in conflict well he's also always wanted a desperate parental figure too yeah so and then what if soldier boy finds out that he has a grandson mm-hmm oh see i didn't forget about that too so mm. we got a lot of fun coming up this episode. Yeah, there's a lot of it, different storylines, and I'm curious to see where we go with them all. So Black Noir is going to have to pay off. Yeah. Um, but he hasn't gotten to everybody yet, right? He's mm-hmm. he's got Black, I think suit. Black Noir's the last one, isn't he? Is he? Because he got the twins. Got the twins. We got the Maya got, guy. We got Crimson Countess. Got, yeah. So we got those four. Black think, Noir would be five. That, yeah, I think that's... And then Soldier Boy six, so... Because we got the... the uh, I guess seven was the... Uh, his sidekick that got killed off early on in the show. Yeah, Gunpowder, yeah. yeah. So, oh, dude, this... I just don't... I don't know where we're going this next episode. I really don't want this show to end. I, I absolutely love it, and I think eight episodes is too short, but we're still getting two more seasons of the show, and they continuously continuously be bangers and I'm all for it. We'll get, uh, I think with them filming starting in August, which I'm about to talk about, I think that we're getting close to, I think it'll be next year because 2020 was when they were filming season three. 
and it's 2022 now and you know COVID did everything so I you know I don't think it's gonna be that long until we get another season with them filming so soon but the year after filming oh god I love it I love this show all right quick uh, news stories here like I was just talking about Carl Urban says the boys season four begins filming in August I'm going to collider.com by Marco Vito Odo with barely recover from Herogasm of the season three, The Voice will still have two more episodes to air at this point in this article. But star Carl Urban has already revealed that The Boys season four is set to start shooting soon. In an exclusive interview with Collider uh, for Netflix's animated film The Sea Beast, Urban shared The Boys will be getting back together. Quote, yeah, we're starting, I think, August the 22nd. We're going to be starting season four, so I'm getting back and getting my butcher back on, and I can't wait. It's a fun game to play with. We work hard and play hard, and I can't wait to see where they take the characters from where we leave them at the end of this season. Mm. I'm all for it. Bring it on. So, then we have here my next news story here, kind of little weird businessy news. I thought it'd be kind of fun to put this in since our show's on the CW. Next Star will acquire 75% of the CW channel. I'm going to the rap.com by Brandon Katz. Several months after reports first service that local television station owner Next Star Media Group was interested in buying the CW network, it appears the company is close to acquiring a majority stake in the broadcasting channel. Next Star is nearing a deal to acquire 75% of the CW with parent companies Paramount Global and Warner Brothers Discovery, each retaining 12.5% ownership stakes, according to the Wall Street Journal. Representatives for the CW Next Star Paramount Global did not immediately respond to our questioning. Uh, Next Star is expected to assume the majority of the CW's current losses, which could amount to more than $100 million per the outlet. While the deal is not yet done, an official pact could be reached in the next few weeks. Next Star is said to be planning to acquire shows from outside producers, while Paramount Global and Warner Brothers Discovery continue to create content for the broadcast network. Both parent companies will reportedly continue to receive revenue from previously established licensing agreements, such as the CW's ongoing relationship with Netflix. Uh, and then it goes on to say, Nexstar is the country's largest broadcaster and already owns the majority of CW affiliate stations. Assuming operational control of the younger skewing broadcast network, which often fails to turn a profit, will enable the company to reap the licensing rewards that come with selling content to streaming services and overseas buyers. Nextstar is expected to broaden the CW's programming to appeal to older audiences, Wall Street Journal has reported. Interesting. Especially that last bit, that they're wanting to do more older stuff. So. Yeah. That's, uh, so they, they Don't acquire know all the that. losses as well with this buy, so it's weird. I'm curious what type of content they plan to have. Mm-hmm. That is going to appeal to older audiences because you know the cw tried their hand at uh the dynasty reboot which would have brought in an older audience because they saw the original it didn't go well we got walker as well Uh, walker which i think is doing a little bit better Mm -hmm. but uh I, i don't know that it what one or two more years, maybe? Right. So. So. I, <laughs> this is a weird story. I thought it was. It popped up on my newsfeed on Twitter, and I was like, "Huh." And because, like, it, the way that they worded it, the tweet worded it was that Next Star is going to buy the CW, but it also buys their one hundred million dollar debt that they're or lost debt that they're in right now. And mm-hmm. I'm like, "That's interesting. Why? Why would you do that?" But. Well, the network that kind of skews older at this point is cbs 
and they have a lot of the shows like Blue Bloods and NCIS and all the NCIS shows. Right. A lot of those shows have an older audience. That's the audience the CW is going to go for. So are they... Do they go heavy syndication and try and get syndication packages with those shows mm. to fill out some nights and then have two hours of original programming per night? Or, I mean, how, how do they balance that? Right. I guess we'll find out. This is a big close, kind of keep our close eyes on for the next couple of weeks to see what happens with it. Yeah. Next thing I have here, Talkville, the new Smallville rewatch podcast is almost here. I'm going to comicbook.com by Russ Berlin Game. Smallville stars Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum will launch Talkville, a Smallville rewatch podcast next month. Debuting on July 13th, the series will take a look back at Smallville from the beginning. Hosted by the actors who play Clark Kent, Clark Kent and Superman and Lex Luthor. The format has been popularized in recent years by series like The Office Ladies and Fake Doctors Real Friends, which I have fallen off of, which take fans behind the scenes of The Office and Scrubs respectively, with actors from the series being your guide to the stories that shaped your favorite TV shows. Um, it goes on to note, again, Smallville premiered in 2001 on the CW. So, I am all in excited for this. It's going to cut into my TV watching time. But I'm going to I'm going to stick with it and see how it is. I really, really, really like Michael Rosenbaum's Inside of You podcast. So he has the format down. Um, and Tom Welling's been on numerous episodes of that. And they're really good friends still. So um, I expect this will be a good, good show if you like Smallville. Because they're going to be um, talking about it a lot. Because Tom Welling has not seen a lot of these episodes since they've aired. And you know they're going to have behind the scenes stuff. And I can't wait to, to watch them. Two things. Uh, first, I would love if, um, if we got cameos from these two on Superman and Lois, just like like they're on a road trip yeah. through Smallville, and they just stop, and you know you get like a quick little cameo. So, somehow little mention um, of something that'd be great. That'd actually be really good. Second. I wonder how into the weeds they're going to get about some of the stuff that's happened with their co-stars. Mm-hmm. Well, they've also said that some people are going to be coming onto the show. So yeah, but some people are in prison. So yeah, some people will uh, obviously not make any. Uh, I'm just curious <laughs> if they'll talk about that because it was going on. I was it going on while the show was yeah. being filmed. There's throughout different seasons of it, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was definitely going on. So. It would be interesting to... We will see. (laughs) (laughs) Released is this week, Wednesday, July 6th, Big Brother comes back on CBS, and I am so extremely excited. I think I'm even to the point I'm going to get Paramount Plus just to watch the live cams this season, just to see if it's worth it. So you can sit there and stare at people without them knowing you're watching. I mean, yeah. That's what Big Brother is. You know, it's in the title, Chris. I can even have it up while I'm working on one of my monitors here. Just have the live feeds up on one you, computer. You, you don't have a uh, a toilet bowl cam like on Hero Guys. No, you? God, no! Come on, Chris. Okay. All right, movies. Over to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have you watched anything else this week? Yes, I watched Thor Ragnarok yes. in anticipation of next week's movie. And let me tell you, they hit gold. Taika Waititi hit gold with this uh yeah. character and i love it i absolutely it's still one of my top favorite mcu movies it's just so funny it's so well done it is it is really good so. um 
real quick, uh, we talked about it before the show. I'm not going to be able to make. Normally, we try and see these movies together. Right. Uh, I'm not going to be able to make it, so I, I do plan to still see it before we record next weekend. Um, be kind of curious because we'll have two different experiences mm-hmm. to talk about, and One I'll have to night. go on the weekend, yeah. and you're going open at night. So, uh, all right, this week's movie, The Man from Toronto. Um, on one hand, I don't feel it's very spoilery, but there are a couple of twists and turns, so I'm just going to do a very brief synopsis. Uh, Kevin Hart plays Teddy, uh, <laughs> who is a failed internet athletic instructor. I yeah, guess. failed internet fitness idea, fitness. Yeah. Very uh, you get a few of his ideas at the very beginning. He almost knocks himself out with a pull-up bar. Um, he has taken an agreement with a local gym to not only come up with an exercise routine for them, which I don't know why they, why they did. So, so this was one thing that I didn't get. They had him being criticized for the boxing routine that he came up with, Mm -hmm. right? Which is basically... For all intents, it's sparring without a partner. Right. Uh, it, it's it's kind of like Ty Bo. It's kind of like Ty Bo. I mean, this is what Billy Blanks does. So why they thought it wouldn't work was weird. Um, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. But he has put together an ad campaign with flyers for the gym and neglected to put either the phone number or the address of the gym on the flyers. So no one... <laughs> it's so dumb, dude. <laughs> It's just, so he gets fired um, from this gig, but he's planned this great getaway weekend with his, his wife. Um, They're going to get a cabin. He's going to drop her off for a spa day for like two or three hours while he goes to the cabin and gets it ready. He's actually doing something right, you know, except his printer was low on toner, so he can't mm-hmm. see the exact address for the cabin. He guesses he's at the right one, and he's actually at the one that the man from Toronto is supposed to meet someone at about a job. The guy inside waiting thinks that Kevin Hart is the man from Toronto. And as happens in stuff like this, he begins to kind of BS his way through it. Mm-hmm just to survive and uh the man from toronto then actually does which is played by woody harrelson um does get involved and he kind of picks up on the fact that something's fishy so he keeps letting teddy go out there as him Mm -hmm. uh and starts helping him behind the scenes they develop a kind of like a buddy cop type bond i love it and uh and Kaylee Cuoco plays Kevin Hart's wife's best friend, who uh, apparently way is way underutilized. If we're going to be honest yeah. here, way underutilized. Yeah, absolutely. She ends up apparently having a thing with Randy, which is the name that they assigned to the man from Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I mean, that's basically the plot. They go through all these scenarios, getting to all these different meetings and and surviving this and that. Uh, attempt on their lives and 
until they um, they seemingly bring the whole thing down. The FBI is involved because mm-hmm. they catch Teddy at the cabin. And he's like, I'm not this guy. And they said, believe me, we know. Yeah, we already know. <laughs> you're, you're not this guy. We, we, we got it. Um, but they do eventually bring everything about this, this syndicate to the ground. And, and um, the fun is in the journey. I thought this was okay. Um, two and a half stars for me. That's exactly I, I, where mine was. I'm sitting putting and, it in right now. And I, I, it's just, I like Woody Harrelson. I like when he plays these offbeat kind of characters, and this one is certainly offbeat. Uh, the opening scene is fantastic with him. Um, he's really good. You know, we saw him twice recently with the Now You See Me movies. Yes, phenomenal um, in that role too. Of course, I grew up watching him on Cheers. And then uh, films like Natural Born Killers. Interestingly enough, Woody Harrelson's father in real life was a hitman. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. In fact, he claims he claims to this day that his father um, revealed to him that he was one of one of the shooters in Daly Plaza that took mm. out Kennedy. Um, he apparently did some very high-profile jobs over the years. Right. So, yeah, that's the whole thing. You can read up on it. I think it's. I think his name was Charles Harrison. Harrelson. Um, I'm gonna have to add it to my reading list. <laughs> yeah, Research just check list. it out. It's kind of interesting. Uh, but you know, like like you said, Tyler, Kaylee Cuoco not in the movie enough at all. She's in about three scenes. I think. And they have She's her. In, like uh, listed as one of the big stars in the movie. They go Kevin Hart, Woody Harrelson, Kaylee Cuoco. So I'm like, okay, you know, she's going to be somehow big or related in this. Nope. Right. And just kind of. I I thought at first, once, you know, it becomes clear pretty quick that the FBI is involved. Mm-hmm. I thought she was going to be like the it. head agent. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like that. Or she would be the one that. The uh, handler. The man, yeah, the handler. Mm-hmm. But no. Nope. Just kind of a throwaway character, honestly. Yeah, pretty much. It, and I don't know. It's it's alright. It's a fun watch. That's that's I mean, where it, I'm at. It was it was a good movie. Not great, not excellent, not bad, awful. I mean, I liked it. Some of the jokes hit, some of the jokes did not land for me. The the I think the funniest scene I laughed the hardest at was the plane scene was pretty funny. But the, yeah, my, the the cabin scene is what had me rolling with the the uh, the kerosene cans exploding, yeah. blowing them through into the car. His car exploding, just the stupid physical comedy like that had me laughing. But there was the first thing I the first thing I thought about the plane scene was all right. This is the budget version of the Uncharted. Plane yes, scene. this is because it's they're they're out the back. They're in the breeze. He's fighting. He's got to try and get back in. It's, yeah, it was it was kind of that. Um, yeah, it's eh. it's if you're looking for something with some humor and some action to just, just unplug to kind of have on. Tonight, yeah, it's good. I don't know. So originally, Jason Statham was set to play the man from Toronto, not Woody Harrelson. Um, that would have been okay. 
and I think the creator, it's it's the same guy that did uh, the Hitman's Bodyguard. Yes. And I think he has said that he's wanting these to be in the same universe and maybe get the characters involved with one another. Um, is, is Kevin Hart, who's the Hitman's Bodyguard? I know Samuel uh, Jackson. I'm drawing a blank. Samuel, uh, Ryan Reynolds. But uh, Yeah. Okay. So, Kevin Hart is he's almost how am I going to say this he's almost at the Will Ferrell stage for yes. me where it's like I need him in small doses when he's acting the way he acts for most of this movie yeah. it's he's like got a if certain he's, movie set that he does yeah and yeah oh, I, I'm is, with you when he's performing his shtick like he is in this and like you see in some of the commercials that he does, I can't deal with it for a whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's it bothers. Woody Harrelson's a great balance to that, um, because Woody Harrelson can just be very stoic and right. very serious, and and balance it out reasonably well. Um, but in general. It's one of those that if if this had been Kevin Hart by himself, I would probably have graded this mm-hmm. at Thunder Force levels. Yeah. They they played off each other really well. Yeah. And the whole time I keep seeing Woody Harrelson, and I was like, yeah, I really want to now you see me three. That'd be great. Just any time, guys. Any time y'all want to start working on that, I'm okay with it. And, and Kevin Hart does really well when he's in something with Dwayne Johnson, too. Yes, it's they, those two play really well off of each other. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, then then you have folks like uh, like Chris Rock. He Will Smith plays well off him. Yes. But uh, <laughs> Good duos there. <laughs> their, their slapstick is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, they, definitely check it out. It's on Netflix. It's only been out now for a little over a week, mm-hmm. uh, like a week and a half, which is why I don't really want to get into everything because there's still a lot of people that probably want to check it out that haven't. Um, but definitely worth uh, worth a watch. Like I said, two and a half. You said you're right there. So let's see. Thor, Love and Thunder, is our next um, next film. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm gonna see what they do with Jane, and I'm, I'm wondering. Very curious to see what they do with Jane. Yeah, because in the comics, she has cancer, mm-hmm. and when she's Thor, it like halts. Well, because the Thor is no longer Thor in the comics because he loses his hand becomes unworthy and Jane takes up the mantle I think actually he becomes king of Asgard and he's Mm -hmm. no longer Thor so I want to read those comics eventually but but when she's not Thor in the comics she goes back to being sick Um, so it's very interesting I'm not sure if they'll go with that exact storyline right Uh, and in the news Halo uh, Dune Part 2 has, <laughs> has, has been delayed to November 17th, 2023. 
Anytime I see delayed, I just assume it's a Halo story. Yeah. <laughs> Fun um, facts. I actually yeah. just read too the earlier before we start recording that they start filming this week. So yeah, which is, I guess that makes sense since they're delayed. I wonder what happened there. I don't know. Probably nothing too crazy, but that'd be maybe dumb. the same people running Superman and Lois are doing Dune too. Hey oh. <laughs> All right, next up from Thomas Manning over at CBR.com. That's comicbookresource.com. Doctor Strange 2 crushes Eternals and sets an impressive MCU Disney Plus record. New data reveals Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness has set a viewership record on Disney Plus. According to Samba TV, 2.1 million households in the United States watched the Sam Raimi-directed MCU film within its first five days on Disney's streaming service. This best the previous record for an MCU film held by The Eternals, which was viewed by 2 million U.S. accounts across the same time frame in January 2022. And Tyler, you shot me a photo. Not that kind. Get your minds out of the gutter, people. (laughs) Uh, So Doctor Strange was at 2.1. The Eternals at 2, Shang-Chi at 1.7, and Black Widow at 1.1. And it's kind of interesting. Uh, I think Doctor Strange is just based off popularity. Yeah. Uh, Black Widow, I think, was low because more people, that was right when we could get back in theaters, and Mm -hmm. I think people wanted to get out and see it, so they saw it there. Shang-Chi, fewer people were familiar with, so they probably hedged their bets and watched it on Disney+. Plus. The Eternals, I think a lot of people just didn't know what to think of it. So yeah, just didn't know, it. even want to go see that in the theaters. <laughs> right. Doctor Strange, I think, was more... I wonder how many of those people would say it was a rewatch. Right. Like, I saw it in theaters, and then I caught it as soon as it hit streaming. I know my oldest star needs to watch it, but we're outside that five-day window. Because she didn't go with us that night. She was sick, so... Well, she should have been watching it night one. It yeah, see, I, you got to have to have that dedication, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, um, let me see here. That's all the news that I've got. Um, but I closed my app, and I didn't mean to. No, you're good. That's so, that's we got Thor: so, Love and Thunder this week, July. 8th. Yeah, that's that's it. Yep. Just Thor: Love and Thunder, but it's a biggie. Right, it's gonna be exciting. I can't wait. Christian Bale, I've heard, is a very good villain, which we know he would be. Yeah, that that's something I actually wanted to talk to you about because we we actually got. Um, a lot of people were very, very concerned when the toy, the image of, of the toy for Gore the God Butcher came out, the action figure, and they were like, oh, is this what he's going to look like? Now, we've seen him since. Um, it, it's just, a, you don't second guess Marvel until you've seen how it plays out. Right. Because they can only do so much with an action figure. He looks phenomenal in this movie. And I think one thing, I don't think we've really tossed any theories out there as far as we know what, that we're most likely going to get mid-credit and post-credit scenes. Mm-hmm. But where do you think they go with those? I don't, because I don't know what, it depends what they do during the film, as far as, like, they're going to have to do something Guardians of the Galaxy-wise. 
Yeah. Because Chris Hemsworth is in a little bit of Guardians of the Galaxy, just like they're in a little bit of this. So I don't. Mm-hmm. It, just, it just depends where they go with that. If they're a part of the post or mid credit scene or mid credit or end credit scene, so I don't know where they go with that. Um, I'm curious, and this was something I meant to put in there, and I'm sorry I forgot to put this in there. So I'm on the direct.com. This is by Lauren Rowles. Um, in an interview with Preen Scenario, Christian Bales talked about working with uh, other Thor Loving Thunder cast members. After praising Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, and Tessa Thompson's performances, he also, Bale also revealed that he got to work with MCU stars Peter Dinklage and Jeff Goldblum. However, the actor said those scenes are not in the final film, even though it was brilliant, beautiful, brilliant stuff. He says, quote, Taika just created a really, really good cast, and everybody else I'm not mentioning as well. I got to work with Peter Dinklage. That's not in the final film, but I got to work with him. He's fantastic. I also got to work with Jeff Goldblum. He's not in the final film either. As you see, lots of stuff ends up on the cutting room floor, even though it is beautiful, brilliant stuff. So it'll be in the deleted kinda, scenes, but that kind of made its way out because there was there were other articles this week, and and I didn't think to to pull these either. Lena Headey from Game of Thrones mm-hmm. was cast in this film. She had scenes with Peter Dinklage and Jeff Goldblum. Right. And the reason it made news is her former agency wants payment for her getting these roles, even though she says they weren't involved in setting those particular roles up. Mm. But that, that's what got it out there. So I'm wondering, could these be mid and post credit scenes? Mm. The reason they're, they're not technically in the film. Right. That cut from the main film, see? Oh, that's good questions, Chris. It seems it seems a little expensive to bring these people in. Right. Only to cut the characters. I don't think I don't think we get a Thor death either cuz a lot of people were warning, you know, oh they're going to bring Jane in and kill Thor off and she's going to be the new well, no, Thor. He's in Guardians 3. Right. Well, that, that and also he said, you know, I'm going to keep playing them as long as they keep wanting me to do it. He says, I love this character and he goes, I can do this for the rest of my life and be okay with it. Which is, you know, different than our other main cast of the MCU, like with Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. They both were saying, you know, my time's up, it's up and everything. But Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth is like, I want to do this forever. Same thing with Tom yeah. Holland. Well, Tom Holland said, you know, I want to do it, but I, once I reach a certain age, I don't want to do it anymore. It's time to pass it on. So, right. But Thor's like, no. Yeah. Thor's like, no, I want to do it forever. <laughs> well, because of the way the mythology works, they could transition him to being king of Asgard. Right. And still keep him in the movies. Keep him king of the cruise lines. So there you go. <laughs> so we'll see what happens, man. I'm really excited about this one. Just because of how great Thor Ragnarok was. And Taika Waititi is a special human being. And he's quickly becoming one of my favorite story directors and things like that. Especially after seeing uh, the gentleman plus the HBO Max show, our flag means death. So good, mm. so good in that show. Um, we don't have anything video games wise. Chris and I have been playing the our same games and things like that. So no news, no new releases for that way. Uh, so that ends up with our show. Superman and Lois is done for the year. We've got one last episode of the boys and two episodes left of Miss Marvel. And then we don't have any shows to talk about. So we, Chris and I are doing things on the back end, throwing around shows. We're going to 
review and how we want to review them, but we'll let you know as soon as we solidify some plans. Um, sneak peek, though, we're kind of looking at Agent Carter for uh, a little bit of rewatch and review. I have not seen any of the episodes. Chris has, so it'll be a nice little tie-in, especially with Doctor Strange and her and What If and everything. So should be a good one. That's one we're talking about. If you got any suggestions, you can comment on this video on either your podcasting app or on YouTube. Or send us some messages on Twitter. On Twitter, you can follow us on social media at nerdwide at nerd underscore wide. You can follow me personally at ty underscore Haynes. You can follow Chris at mftn7. On Facebook, just search in nerdwide. Don't even have to search in nerdwide.com anymore. Or you can even search in nerdwide podcast, either one, whichever way you want to do. It will first ones that pop up. And you can comment on this uh, podcast link if you want to let us know what you want us to do or talk about or while we have this little bit of break between shows before, I guess, what, Titans and She-Hulk? Or our next couple of shows that should be coming out soon. Titans, I don't know yeah. when that's going to happen, but She-Hulk will be sooner. Yeah, and like so. we've said before, we're still waiting to hear about Doom Patrol yep. and Invincible. Oh, I don't. They haven't even started any one of those yet. So, yeah, I think those are going to those sound like they're going to be twenty twenty three projects. So they haven't even started filming yet. So, I'd be good see. with spring of twenty three. I'd be okay with that. I'd be fine with that. So. But guys, thank you all so much for listening and watching. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Nerdwide Podcast. Don't forget to share on all your favorite social media platforms. And don't forget to rate and review us on whatever podcasting app you are using. But guys, that's been this week's episode of the Nerdwide Podcast. Thank you so much for watching and listening. I hope you have a safe and great July 4th, and we will see you next week.